Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey everyone, you tuned in for the call here on Ausbiz Live from our Barangaroo studios. Can stocks picked by you? I put those stocks to our expert panel. We do it all in one hour. I add in a uh, stock of the day, something that's been in the news. Let's bring in the, the panel. Grady Wolf from Bell Direct. Grady, how are you? Good, good to how see are you? you? Good to see you as well. Josh Barker from Macro Capital. Josh, nice. good to see good to you. Be here. Uh, want to get straight into it. We've got a lot to get through uh, today. Um, this half hour, 29 Metals is on the agenda. CSR, uh, Setire, Clean Seas Seafood and Med Advisor. Stock of the day though. thought we'd talk uh, Washington H. Sol Pattinson. Uh, they posted full year net profit just over 690 million bucks. That's up over 700 million from a loss this time last year, but that was because of one-off items uh, to do with the uh, merger with Milton Corp. Um, net cash flow from investments, uh, 425 million, up 22%. Um, final dividend, 51 cents a share, that's up 21%. Uh, despite all this, company shares down over 6% this morning. Uh, earlier, I chatted with the chief executive, Todd Barlow, and asked him, what the hell is the market doing? Cutting down um, uh, down 6% after what looked to be a pretty good result. Um, he expressed some uncertainty, claiming that could possibly be a short-term thing. He's not sure how he can support the share price anymore. Let's have a listen to it. Explain it. I can't explain uh, yeah, markets uh, you know, in the short term, which is probably why it's good that I'm a, a long-term investor. <laughs> last year, you know, that certainly washed through. We had um, you know, a, an odd result last year with the, yeah. the big write-off attached to the Milton um, acquisition. But, but you know, all of the, all of the uh, key numbers that we look at, and we tend not to focus on P&L because you know, we're an investment portfolio. So what we say is look at how the business has grown, the, the, the growth of the portfolio. Yep. We did 1.3% better than market last year. And then look at the cash and the and, or the yield that we generate from our portfolio, and that was 22% better than last year. So I, I'm not sure what else we can do to um, uh, support the share price. Brady, what are you analysts doing? Uh, uh-huh. It's just seen a pretty good result. You've, he can't explain it. It's a great You're result. It is a great result. Um, there's possibly two reasons. Investors it could be taking some profits because it's been on a run for a little while now, uh, up I think it's 14% this year yep. and up 22% over the last five years. So it's it's been on a run. It's a great mm. stock. Um, it could be being punished as well because Brickworks came out today with their results. Their profits were down 32%. So, and Washington H. Sol Pattinson is the 
a leading shareholder of Brickworks. Right. So investors might be thinking that's the impact of Brickworks coming through to Washington HSOL, having an impact over in the future. Um, costs are set to run still. The, it's the costing reason. Um, so the, they didn't weather the costs well at Brickworks for the FY23. And so I think the investor fear is that Brickworks can't control costs heading into FY24. Uncertainties on the horizon still for the next year. Volatility right. is really high. Um, the building sector is still So impacted. Brickworks shares, of yes. course, down today down about 7 five today, or, uh, I think. 7%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's only a reasonably small part of Solpat's portfolio. It is. And it drops exactly the same. Yeah. What Todd was explaining, he couldn't understand the Brickworks pullback as well because yeah. he said everyone th- says it is a building materials company and costs have increased in the building materials side. Yeah. The building materials side accounts for 10% yeah. of the total Brickworks business. Yeah, the Brickworks business is phenomenal. We've just initiated coverage of them as well. Yeah. And we have a buy rating. The company is so diverse. It is so big. It has a property portfolio as well. As we know, there's a property crisis in Australia, so anyone yeah. with property on their hand is going to boom. So yeah. it's a crazy time. I didn't realise the brick part of the business was less or was a Around, he said, ten uh, percent of Brickworks total. Yeah, and I, th- I think anyone, any, as we saw in reporting season as a whole, any investor seeing a negative profit, any costs not being weathered properly, right. investors just hit the sell button straight away because they're so scared of uncertainty at the moment. Volatility index is so high, and everyone's just kind of reshuffling portfolios into the right. safer options heading into FY twenty four. But as overall, the result was great. Um, Washington HSO has a holding in West Farmers as well. West Farmers absolutely killed their results. So yeah. I think looking at the broader portfolio and the fact that they increased dividends, they had, they're looking at acquisitions. They've got a lot of money on hand. So Nine, cash, 911 million, million in cash. Yeah. So it's just, I don't know what investors are doing today, but I would use this as an opportunity to buy in. Okay. Buy on the pullback. Yeah. Josh. Mm. Grumpy Josh. Okay. <laughs> you're, a, you're about to slam Soul Pats, aren't you? No, Just no. get that feeling. <laughs> no, that no, feeling. we like the business. Um, they've increased that dividend again. Um, you know, yeah. they're, they're up, they've outperformed the market as well. So their, their portfolio is up 12, 12% uh, for the last year. Um, it's one of those. When, when they were defensive. Yeah. Like, even yeah. though they're in defensive mode, yeah. they still outperform the market. Yeah, well, a lot of their, about half, I think, at the moment, and it, it's become a little bit less with the, the recent merger with the Milton Court, but half of their portfolio is in those strategic investments, they call them. So yeah. that's things like the Brickworks, things like the New Hope, things TPG. like the... Yeah, TPG, yeah. exactly. So, um, yeah, they've, they've increased their dividend by about 18% over the last two years. So they're sticking to that 23 uh, years of consecutive yep. dividend increases, which is, you know, almost like Macquarie's 30-year profit run. It, it's hard to deny that long-term success. Um, The Brickworks has weight on them, um, but also they do have a a decent holding in a copper company, Eris Resources, where the performance, the share price of that has been, so that's part of their strategic portfolio as well. Um, So that sort of is uh, one of the smaller copper plays, similar to the first company we've got today, where the share price has been beaten up quite a fair bit. Um, It's not not a small holding that they've got in Eris Resources.
resources either. So yeah, it's highly impacted by that. I think the shares um, in Aeris Resources are about 70, 80% down. So yeah, it's wiped right. out a fair bit of value there. Uh, one concern is, I guess, just their continued um, pouring into private equity. So their, uh, their, their assets are worth about 10.8 uh, billion now. Um, 1.2 billion that is in private equity. And I think mm. they doubled that over the period. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's And, a, and, and the pipeline concern. is more in private equity mm. for mm. that cash reserve that they've got. Exactly, so look, if they do that well, all, all is good, um, but it's a it's a it's a risky risky end right. of the market in in this environment. But um, yeah, I was looking at it the other day um, with the market pulling back and saying, okay, well, you know, maybe that's pulled back, but it, it was remaining at its yearly highs. So um, yeah, I think any any sort of pullback, uh, maybe maybe not today, but you know, tomorrow or the next day over the week, um, it might be a good buying opportunity. Okay, so you'd have it as a buy. Yeah, have it as a buy. Now, okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Let's get into the... Uh, gee, I thought you were going to go the opposite. Coffee there. Joe I was not here. feeling. Didn't you? Graham, I was Graham, always going to slam me. Going all in. I thought, no, nah, Josh was about to come with a, with a vengeance. <laughs> not yet, anyway. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting his power Can't right. wait. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's take a look at the first stock that you want us to take a look at. And Josh, David wants a view on 29 medals that you... Um, sort of indicated <laughs> copper-based uh, company um, uh, and copper uh, mineral concentrates in refining and smelting as well. At the start of the year, everyone was saying copper was going to be the new gold. Yeah, there was the supply in, shortages uh, and every reason under the sun why copper was going to mm. take off. Yeah, it hasn't. Yeah. It's been a dud. Yeah, no, it has. Especially the, the smaller end. They've sort of just come under a lot of cost pressures. Um, yeah. You know, Sam, uh, Samfire's been okay. Um, but yeah, these smaller ones have been really beaten up by the markets. These guys had a, a, some pretty severe weather stuff uh, happen to them over in Perth. So right. they had floods, which has still delayed their project. They've got phase one of that back back online, but it's still not not right back up to, to where it needed to be. Sort of caused a pretty significant loss for their business of around 300 mil. Um, they just recently did an entitlement God, That's offer. a horrible 12 month chart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, 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 you are clinging on to the hopes that that is building a base around that 65 cents. Um, hopefully it doesn't go lower. They did the entitlement offer around 69, which is- Is it, is, is it again, a decent a copper company? Yeah, look, they've got the sort of tier, two tier one locations, one in WA, one in Queensland. So they're in production um, mm. and, and they have got uh, exploration um, aspects to the business as well. So the idea is that that sort of um, you know production just continues to increase regardless of what happens with the copper price. So yeah, I'm sort of on the on the same side as um, you know Sol Pats here in looking to accumulate these copper companies. A um, lot of value there. Obviously, it's been beaten up by the market with some some pretty uh, severe issues that they've had, but they're well capitalised now with that entitlement offer being taken up, and uh, yeah, should be should be okay to recover from here. Okay, yeah, so you'd so be buying have it as well. Yeah. Okay, uh, Sandfire as well. Uh, Samfire is probably not presenting the same value. It's actually right. not far off all-time highs, realistically. Okay. So, yeah, happy right. to go this the smaller end. catch up. Uh, Grady? I feel like I'm more bearish than Josh today. <laughs> um, it's a hold on this one. Just because of, as Josh said, there's they've had at both of their mines, so the Queensland mine and the Perth mine, there's been serious hold-ups, massive headwinds, massive cost pressures. And although they are fully, like, they've weathered, they've got the money now to go forward, whether the hiatus happens again in the Perth, uh, the Perth mine or 
the Queensland mine, they don't know. They, ca they can't predict the future. So the fact that the weather has impacted these mines says that it could be another potential headwind in the future. Um, the, they do have the exploration um, assets in Chile, which is good, but the government there has the nationalisation uh, policy and kind of talks at the moment taking a, a major stake in some mines. So whether that's accounts then, we're not sure. So that could be another problem as well. Oh, to, so a bit of sovereign risk there coming up. Yeah, so we saw that with the lithium miners there and then um, it could be further expanded. We don't know. So that's another the, another thing to factor in if you're going to invest in this company. Um, the results were in line with city expectations. So it's, it's good, but the Capricorn um, copper mine that's a WA mine uh, is the one that is a bit of a worry at the moment because it's copper zinc um, again as you said copper was set to be the word of 2023 all my reports at the start of the year where copper is the new lithium copper is the new gold mm. Mm. get into copper and it's just been absolutely hammered it's underperformed their suppliers are still supplying there's no shortage of supply at the moment so yeah it's one that I would hold at the moment because obviously as you saw with the chart it was horrendous yeah um, but I wouldn't look to buy um, our pick at Bell Potter is actually Eris Resources which is the one we're talking about with soul um, pads okay with soul pads just because they did have a really tough year but their grades at the triton copper mine are looking really really good moving forward mm. so and they've got production going ahead um they've looking to they've got high grade ore sources to commence production so okay. it's uh that's our pick and that's why we're liking mm. on that horizon at the moment so yeah it's a hold at the moment of 29. okay but eris prepared like yeah all right, uh, Sam wants a view, Grady, on CSR, talking about building materials. Yes. Building materials group. Yeah, it's a hold as well. So <laughs> coming extra right. bearish today. Um, yeah, hold at the moment. So it's a diversified manufacturing company. As we saw, cost pressures are really high in this environment at the moment and the cost in the building environment. Um, what we see in the whole reason for the hold is that their addressable backlog of work from the home builder is nearing conclusion at the same time as their pricing cycle is hitting the peak. So mm. with that in mind, if you've got not a backlog of, if your backlog's kind of slowing down, um, and your prices are hitting the peaks. How are you going to weather the cost moving and forward? And building approvals are at oh my gosh, yeah. lows exactly, the exactly. There being a housing shortage and it's, a rental shortage. It is insane, it's but it's yeah, it's crazy. But I think yeah, I don't know if it's legislation or councils getting involved. I'm not sure, but yeah, yeah with, at the moment, given that they're at the backlog of their building um they're building addressable backlog of work um that's obviously a headwind they're going to have to face in the near term um they've got seven businesses under their belt so seven brands um the Jiprock and the himmel businesses for interior systems accounts for 40 percent of sales so that's one it's a really good division there that's kind of one way they can weather the storm but it's again if there's no demand if there's a backlog backlog of work is drying up you got to take that into account moving forward. It's still big so in the US as well. Massive right? in the US, yeah. yeah, yeah, yes. They've got the US and obviously we saw home new home sales in the US and the, that's slowing down as well. Um, weaker than expected last week in data that came out. So with that in mind as well, it says that there's a, a kind of a pullback in global building. But the long-term outlook for this company is pretty good. So what we like is the long-term perspective. But right now it's trading pretty high, uh, $5.60. 12.2p ratio so yeah it's um with a slowing backlog that's kind of the key for us okay. as to why it's a hold josh 
Um, yeah, we like the building space. We think that, uh, you know, there's obviously going to be those housing um, shortages. So the demand's going to have to come through. This is one company that's sort of stuck with its building products. So it makes up about 78% uh, of its earnings, um, which was up 20% last report. It reports off season. So we haven't really got any recent numbers for these guys, but they did, uh, I mean, the share price did extremely well over the last few months with reporting season. So companies like Borrell and James Hardy all reporting quite well through that period sort of um, helped the, the bid tone of this company. Um, they are a really high yielding name uh, at the moment. So, you know, even at these levels, and it's not it's not particularly cheap, but uh, it's still yielding around a 6.5% yield, um, which if you, it's fully franked too. So if you include the credits, it's about a 9% yeah, mm. yield. Wow. Um, and, and given that uh, the earnings for this should hold up and, and look to increase, that we think that that yield is sustainable, um, which is something that not a lot of companies that have paid really quite high yield over the last year have have had that sustained you know, price appreciation. So yeah. we've seen a lot of companies, uh, Woodside's the only exception. So Woodside was the highest yielder in the ASX 200 paid 13% worth of divvies, um, yeah. but it's also gone up about 30% um, right. as of then. So um, whereas, you know, all the other top performers in terms of the yield, you know, things like Cromwell paid a 12% divvy, it's down 40% for the year. Um, Whitehaven, you know, paid an 11% divvy, but it's down 21% for the year. Yeah. So we've seen that a lot, um, you know, pretty much the list goes on, um, Perpetual, Magellan, GOZ, uh, they've all paid like that really high yield, but they've given up, you know, more and that, that and then some in the capital growth. So, yeah, we don't we don't think that CSR is a dividend trap with that with that quite high yield. Um, you know, we like the building space, so I'd have uh, CSR as as a buy accumulate, try and get on slightly cheaper. It's off uh, one odd percent today uh, with Brickworks, I'd say. Mm. Uh, peeling off, Brickworks is down down about nine percent. So, if you do get any weakness in in the CSR price, yeah. uh, I'd be happy to start accumulating that one too. Nine percent Brickworks down mm, at the moment yeah. because they had cost increases mm -hmm. in ten percent of the business. Yeah, well, a lot of the other a lot of the other businesses. I mean, that's I think that's across the board. Those those cost pressures because yeah. it was coming from electricity and staff mainly. Right. Mm. Um, but a lot of the other building companies like James Hardy, um, you know, we saw Borrell as well all increase their earnings. Right. So it's one of the ones that's not increasing right. their earnings. I think it's because okay. Brickworks didn't increase prices, whereas James Hardy and Borrell made major price increases to. and right. didn't affect demand at all. Mm. So okay. yeah, it was right. very strategic. Uh, our third stock uh, today, uh, Peter wants a view on Setire Grady, the online luxury goods retailer. Um, I kicked off with you on this because we think this is in more in your uh, wheelhouse. Um, sells brands like Prada, Gucci, Saint Laurent, uh, Balenciaga. What the Balenciaga. hell? Balenciaga. Okay, there you go. Uh, I'm, I'm more a best and less sort of bloke than a Balenciaga. Um, what do you think? <laughs> I'm a La Visa gal. Ah, La Visa. So, oh, yes. <laughs> in the yeah, high yeah. cost of the living pressure, I'm a La Visa shopper I'm right, okay. more than a Setire <laughs> shopper. Right. But look, Setire, I look, it's done really when it first started. It's an incredible I thought, company. Oh, there's yeah. Dodgy is the wrong word. Yeah. But I thought, 
How are you going to make this work? They yeah. just seem to be... They have killed it. Yeah, and yeah. we have a buy rating on them. A price target increased to $4 from three ninety dollars recently. Wow. The company is just one of those ones. It's kind of like a Temple and Webster. It doesn't hold any inventory. So that's exactly what you want in this retail space. Because the brand names got annoyed with them early on, didn't yes. they? Because they said, yes. you know, they're sort of... Uh, an unofficial factory outlet for pretty them, much it's like a wholesaler so, straight through but they yeah. sorted they sorted that. it out they've got good relationships now um yeah buy rating their fy23 results were phenomenal um beat expectations across the board so sales revenue yep. up 98 percent adjusted a bit dove 29 million uh first quarter of 2024 has or fy24 has commenced extremely strongly so the one thing to take away with the current environment in the market is the rich get richer so yeah. the rich is still spending as we've seen this in china especially lately so in china retail luxury retail sales are going through the roof yep. and that just that's not an indicator of economic recovery at all because the the rich don't really get to play into this part they, their original founders have uh, have chinese connections yes and things like so that, they operate they? globally um yes. and they are just they've built this really strong footing moving forward they've got really resilient um names obviously names that have great history in the luxury space yeah. uh everyone is always looking for a little bit of a discount so i don't i think they have a little bit of a discount compared to buying straight through prada or gucci or balenciaga yeah. one of those so yeah the company is just really set up they've got they had a bit of cash issues uh in fy23 the start of FY23, that sorted itself out. It was just one-off payment related. Um, but as I said, investors are really looking at retailers who have really low inventory levels because it's really hard to pass inventory when people aren't spending and consumer discretionary spend is coming down. Yeah. So the fact that their drop shipping model is operating and they've got 2,500 luxury brands, over 400,000 products, yeah. it's just phenomenal. So yeah. buy rating on okay. Satire. Okay. Josh? Um, I have, have it as a hold. Uh, it's had a, it's had an extremely wild ride, you know. Sort of listing, mm. starting off at forty cents, went to four dollars, back down to forty cents, and it's sort of <laughs> settling back up there at the moment. Um, obviously, you know, we've talked a lot about the retail recession and, and the higher end of the market's probably not impacted by it. But um, yeah, you can't imagine too many sort of five hundred dollar backpacks going uh, in this kind of <laughs> environment. So um, I'd have it as a hold. I think it's one of those companies that sort of lived up to its IPO um, hype, which is which is always good. You really want to expect um, strong revenues out of the, the first couple of years after listing on the market to justify sort of those lofty valuations and, and um, you know high yeah. expectations that a company has when it gets its IPO price. So it seems like it's done that. Um, it seems like it's one that's probably likely more likely to head back to $4 rather than back down to, to the 40 cent mark. So happy to hold it sitting around that mid range um, and looking like it's going to head back up anyway. Yeah. Um, biggest market's US. Apparently, mm. so they say, which is interesting. I, I thought it would be more Asia, but um, yeah, it's spread across globally, as Grady was saying. Yeah. All right, um, uh, Josh Jody wants a view on Glean, uh, Clean Seas Seafood. Mm. Um, they're in the, the breeding production of yellowtail kingfish. And mm. not, not too many aquaculture businesses left, are there? No, no. There's, All the salmon ones got taken over, didn't they? Yeah, there's a fair argument for, you know, sort of the these sort of companies being private just because it's so volatile and yeah. difficult to read um, in terms of, you know, its accounting methods and, and those sort of uh, things. Uh, you know. So there's yeah. this, a, and what Murray 
River Cod, isn't it? Yeah, that keeps yeah, you on the other one. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, yeah. Um, so these guys, I mean, it, it's very hard to read, but like, I mean, last year they had about a five percent increase in revenue, um, and their earnings and profits did decline around that sort of thirty percent mark. Um, you know, about seven seventy million dollar market cap. Um, it, it just seems to be no support on the charts at the minute. So um, I would have it as a sell. Um, I don't know the full turnaround story and, and how that's going to play out. So for now, I just look to de-risk and uh, yeah, move on from the company. Okay. Got a lot of input factors um, that, that are going to weigh on the company as well. Uh, they also had to hold a lot of inventory and, and things like that. So I just think it's a bit early to say it's going to turn around. But um, yeah, happy to see those fundamental updates come through first. Okay. Grady? Love it. <laughs> this this company is one. It's very niche. So it's one for the portfolio if you're looking to follow the niche kind of um, obviously kingfish story yeah. not a story because they're already producing so yeah. Howard would tell me off for that it's sort um, of an ag stock isn't it's it it's an ag stock exactly yeah. so you do need to account for obviously mother nature playing um, a lot of different input factors volume pricing uh price per kilo sales but what we saw last year and this uh, hurt the supermarkets where we saw a lot of um, change in the supermarket pricing because obviously beef was so high people turned to alternatives like kingfish tuna salmon different types of fish and that's actually really been a positive for clean sea seafood so we've Mm. recently upgraded them from a spec buy to a buy and a price target of 60 cents per share now the company obviously as josh mentioned they had um 19 fall in volume last year so that's one thing you can't really control if fish aren't breeding you can't force them to mm. breed really um but they have <laughs> <laughs> you can't oh, no. if the volume's down what yeah, are you gonna yeah, do no, I don't know. <laughs> i'm not really sure, sure. <laughs> and you can't have robotic kingfish so <laughs> i'm not quite sure but um, volumes are yeah. set to go <laughs> <laughs> volumes are said to come back up and the pricing of volumes is uh, going higher as well they have frozen inventories which Josh said on hand so that kind of can buffer them up when they don't have great inventory levels of these kingfish um, but the outlook is looking good pricing and demand are expected to continue growing in FY24 okay. so growth outlook um, harvest volumes are set to maintain in the range of 10 to 15 percent and that's what we like to see so okay. a buy on um Buy on clean seas. A kingfish baby boom coming up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that happens, but all right. Uh, our fifth stock, Jonathan wants a view, Grady, <clears throat> on Med Advisor, yep. uh, basically a, a tech business. Um, so doctors can sort of communicate with their their client, telehealth, yeah, that sort of thing. It's it's in the right place at the right time. It's mm kind of uh, been hit a little bit hard because the healthcare sector sell-off, um, but it is in the tech sector, so it kind of gets benefits of that as well. But we've recently initiated coverage of it with a buy rating and a price target of 42 cents. Now, the company is really, um, the strength has come from its acquisition of Guildlink in 2022. So that was the government's version of the, um, I think it was the government's version, the market leader. It's a software in Australia, so you manage all your scripts, all yep. of your um, drugs, drug schedules or everything you need for Medicare, really, a medica- medication, um, receiving scripts, pill reminders, keeping track of everything. So it's all in the one app. So it's a really strategic play. It's a really good company, um, given the shift as well in the US. There's a digital opportunity in the US um, through the acquisition. Mm-hmm. They are also quite adherents in the US. So they're expanding their global footprint 
Um, there's a lot of change happening at the moment in the US health department. So Medicare is, or Medicaid in the US is really starting to introduce caps on certain drugs as we've seen recently mm-hmm. with the Ozempic. Um, so that's impacted a lot of the healthcare companies, but, and they've also reduced the, uh, there's a new there's a new thing coming out, I think in Australia uh, or the US, I can't remember which one, but they're cutting it from 60 day, um, 60 day referrals to 30 day referrals. So those people who used to have, who have chronic illnesses, long-term illnesses, who could get 60 day referrals are now back on the 30 days. Mm. So that's an increased use of this product, a product like this. So it's pretty good. Um, key drivers are the sustained utilization of Plus One. It's their system in Australia um, and the shift towards digital programs in the US. So that with key drivers like that, it's um, they're expecting sales growth in the future. Uh, but yeah, so it's a it's a good company. It doesn't have many competitors. So that's what we like to see mm, in, a, in this okay. kind of environment. And it's in the tech space. So right. tech's done really well this year. Josh, you just <laughs> as positive? Yeah, I really like the story. I think there's a pretty big problem in the prescriptions industry. And I think the best evidence of that being an issue is the government's finally starting to do some initiatives to to fix that. So you've got things like the 60-day prescriptions to buy double the amount. So uh, they're in a good spot. Uh, They've got partnerships with Bupa. Revenues have been increasing really strongly over the last five years. Um, They're still a loss-making venture, but they're switching to profitability. Um, So if we sort of dive into the company and the financials and things like that, I've sort of put uh, a sort of rule of thumb for the time being on tech businesses to say, I'm keen on the ones that have already made the switch to profitability, whereas Mm. these guys are about to move into that switch to profitability. So um, I'd have it as a hold for the time being. Um, But yeah, just wouldn't be looking to buy it. I think it's very low volume as well. Um, I don't think it's traded at this stage today. Um, yeah, they do. They do really think the things quite well. And even if they do continue to do well, if, if there's not the amount of buyers there, unfortunately, it's not right. going to go up as an investment. Okay. So, yeah, let's just see how the uh, switch to profitability goes for them. Anyway. Success brings liquidity too, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Yep. All right. Okay. Let's recap the uh, the first five stock stock of the day: Washington H Salt Patents and a buy from both Josh and Grady on the pullback that they've had today. Uh, 29 Metals, uh, the uh, the copper producer, buy from Josh, uh, a hold from Gradium Bell, uh, their preference in that copper area is Eris. Uh, CSR, a buy from Josh, uh, 6% fully frank dividend, sort of um, rounded up 9%, uh, not bad going, and they think uh, Josh reckons that can be maintained into the future, a hold from Grady. Uh, Setire, a buy from Grady, a hold from Josh. Uh, Clean Seas, buy from Grady, a sell from Josh. And Med Advisor, a hold from Josh and a buy from Grady. Here on the call, we've been following our own fantasy investment portfolio as picked by the Investment Committee. Here you can see the most recent committee meeting on the platform osbiz.com. Back in the September meeting, uh, uh, Paradigm Pharma was traded out, Challenger brought in, uh, and an extra 1% added out of Altium and Paladin, and the fund is up just under 10%. Uh, Now, this half hour, we're going to be taking a look at Ingham's, Nanosonics, Green Technology Metals, and Orthocell as well as Motio. All right, Josh, uh, Alex wants a view on Ingham's, the uh, the big chicken producer, poultry, mm. uh, vertically integrated, uh, having some industrial 
um, issues over the last couple of weeks. They were resolved during the week. So your chicken parmy is back on the menu. Looking good. That's the main thing. Yeah, so, exactly right. Um, I, think, I think this one's, uh, you know, sort of a, a quite sound business. You know, over the last five years, it's sort of held quite steady. Um, not too long ago, it was trading at those sort of five-year lows and mm. um, things looked quite ugly for the business. But it seems they've been able to turn it around with the last couple of announcements. It's moved higher both times. Right, just um, got the wrong chart there. So I don't, yeah. don't think that's it's the actually Ian's up, chart. Yeah, it's actually uh, up it's about 40% different. on yeah. the year. So um, yeah, definitely it looks it looks like it's done a little bit of a turnaround. Um, I'd be happy to hold it just to sort of play that you know, more so the top of the range, get back to its five-year five year levels. Um, yeah. You know, you'd expect those, you know, you can sort of see the two um, dramatic movements off the lows there. Those yeah. are both on fundamental announcements. You'd, you'd, you'd expect those to, to stick in there. Um, you know, their earnings were up 13% or 35%, depending on which accounting method you use. Um, and yeah, they were able to pass on costs, which mm. is which is important. So revenues were up about 12%, um, costs were up about 12%. So they just basically pass those those right. those on through. So um, I'm happy to hold this one, <coughs> which is no mean feat considering Woolworths and Coles. Uh, mm. <coughs> excuse excuse me, two uh, big customers of Ingham's. They yeah. managed to get through, along with uh, McDonald's and KFC. They basically dominate the poultry market. Yeah, Australia, exactly. And it's going to be something that demand's not going to cease for a while. Yeah. So. And the fact that they could pass it on is pretty impressive. Uh, Grady, what do you think of Ingham's? Love chicken, love Ingham's. Mm -hmm. um, we've actually upgraded recently from a hold to a buy on the back of their FY23 results. They were extremely impressive. Um, last time we spoke about this on the call, you and I, um, the roosters were underperforming. The roosters are back performing, unlike clean sea seafood. <laughs> so we love that. Um, the poultry volumes have recovered. They're expected to continue recovering next year. No, I thought you were doing about the rugby league club. Oh no! I'm a Perth girl. I don't no, know no, rugby. No. <laughs> so the actual roosters, the roosters are, are being performing. It's exactly what we right. want to see. Maybe they um, can give the kingfish some tips. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Just right. put them in a put them in a. We can't because okay. one's in water. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so yeah. that's yeah. good. Volumes are recovering. Price is recovering. Um, as you said very correctly, they passed yep. on the costs and KFC Macca's. Coles, Woolies, everyone everyone welcomed it. And that was a really key driver as well because we saw chicken volumes, uh, kind of like the fish volumes, increase in demand over the last year because beef was so expensive. So the fact they could get away with those price yeah. increases is a reflection of the power they have in the market. Exactly. And they're one of their... If not the dominant player, I don't yeah. know if there's any, but there's no big names that I know of that compete with them. They're Australia's no, leading in integrated Korea. poultry producer. So they've really um, taken taken charge of it and they've monopolised the market, which is yep. great. Um, they're expected to have CapEx lift 100 million in FY24 because they're uh, looking to invest in automation. And so it's only about a 30 million uh, increase, but they can weather that because of those higher costs that mm. they've implemented. So it's not going to make a material difference to their results or performance. It's actually going to really improve their costs moving forward. Um, and what we like is that their outlook is looking really good and the return for kilo Pricing per kilo is looking on the uplift from the the lows that we saw over the last year. So right. at the same time, they had low volumes, they had low pricing, so that wasn't great in yeah. over the last financial year. But FY23 and 24 ex expected to be a really material difference. So yeah, we're really liking them. Okay. The report right. was titled, How High Can Chickens Fly? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, well, so these egg stocks, mm. you do have to be really selective on them. Yeah. And, and that's the issue. Yeah. And if you're going to go for one, you'd want to, like, you can either play the Coles Woolies route or you can play yeah. the dominant Ingham's route. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, diversification is key, yeah. but it depends on how you want to play your portfolio, yeah, really. Sure. All right. Let's go from uh, Chooks to, uh, to healthcare. Uh, Jesse Grady wants a, a view on Nanosonics, mm-hmm. the. Um, uh, what they call it, infection prevention group. They um, yeah. um, they disinfect sort of ultrasound probes, don't they? What's it? Yeah. What's it? The technology called the Trophon. Trophon and yeah, Autopro. Yeah. yeah. This is yeah. a really really good company. Um, we had it on a sell rating for a little while because the Chorus product is their third key product, and that doesn't. There was no outlook for when they would become regulatory approved for that one. Um, and a lot of their revenue forecasting included the sales of that. So you can't right. sell the product without obviously regulatory approval, but there's more of a timeline in view now. So with that in mind, we've gone to a hold rating um, with a price target of $4.85 because there's more clarity on the outline and the horizon of what the, when this product right. will come in. Um, conservatively, they th- Bell Potter thinks that there's an estimate for the Trophon device and pr- Trophon disinfecting product of 60,000 units globally. Um, they've got a really big market presence. They're in- Revenues increased 38% and were above consensus um, in FY23. So they're really performing well and they're expanding in the US, which is exactly what you want to see. So they have um, FDA approval over there. They've got the the Audit Pro is the software that tells exactly how the Trophon device is performing and whether the product that it's cleaned is up to regulatory standard. So they've got that um, annual recurring revenue through subscriptions. So that's what you want to see with this kind of company. They're making money. So yeah. And uh, is it was explained to me that uh, they make their margin on the supplies to the Trophon machine. Yeah. It's a bit like your photocopier. Yeah, I think You've it's a disinfectant, a, the yes. actual disinfectant product You've itself. You've got to keep buying. You've got to keep buying. Exactly. Yeah, almost like and the Nespresso business model. With yeah, the pods, well, exactly. Yeah, yeah, great, 100%. So that's where your margins are. And you can't use, I don't believe you can use, use any else. any other product except theirs. So yeah. very, very smart business model. Um, and, and then Chorus is likely to be regulatory, submitted for regulatory approval until at least three, quarter three FY24. Right. So now we have a clear horizon when that product's going to come on. I think that's an endoscope uh, cleaning product or disinfectant product. So once that comes, there's a massive market for that as well. Right. US launch, Australia launch, European launch. So yeah, the, the, this is a company in the med space that you like to see because they're already making money. They've got new products on the horizon. So yeah, it's one that we like, but it's a hold at the okay. moment just until we get more clarity around and we see the submission for Chorus to come on. Uh, and Josh, that was always the knock on it, wasn't it? That were almost a single product company mm. and they had all these promises of building a portfolio, but yeah. they never came through. Now yeah. they are. Well, I mean, it's a, it's been a really strong performer um, prior to the five-year period that it's had. So, I mean, its growth numbers are still really strong. Um, however, it was such a such a you know sort of victim of its own success throughout yep. that period, and any slight bump in the road, um, you know, did impact them. So, obviously, Grady's covered the product. It's a great product. Uh, it's just whether they can sell that product is is the main concern. So, the thing that really impacted them uh, through COVID was they couldn't get into the hospitals in order to to actually sell their products. Um, and just in the some of the 
the more recent updates, they've flagged a similar sort of risk uh, with the oh. hospital budgetary pressures. Oh. So, you know, if they know they can get in there physically, um, but whether they can sell them, you know, it does depend on, on the budget. So they're getting into the hospital, but a hospital has had health cutbacks and, exactly. and can't pay yeah, for it. Exactly. Right. Funds redirected other places right. as well with, with COVID and PPE. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they're still looking at 15 to 20% revenue growth despite mm. all that, um, but it is definitely a concern. A little bit of a benefit they've had from the exchange rate. Um, so that's, that's something you need to be aware of. Uh, their forecasts are assuming uh, 70 cents uh, Aussie, Aussie to US rate. So, you know, any significant changes. And I think over the last couple of years, we've had, you know, really volatile, um, you know, sort of exchange rate movements. Right. So CSL, ResMed are sort of in that in that similar boat. They've, they've really been sort of impacted by that. Um, I'd have it okay, as a so self- If the dollar's topic. lower, mm. Okay, I always get this confused. It, it, and, it's and, you're, and you're yeah. making US dollar profits. It's interesting because there's a couple of things happening. It's there's, like gold miners, is it? Yeah, but there's the Aussie to, to US, uh, but then there's also just the dollar strength against the rest of the basket as well. And yeah. it's coming in as a safe haven. Right. So we are seeing some some abnormal movements. And they can but if you're making bigger profits in the US, bring it back yeah. on a lower dollar, yeah. you're going to make... Exactly. So that's helped them in yes. the in the in the past year. Whether that continues to help no. them oh, in, okay. in the next year argument. is right. based on because okay. their FY twenty four assumes that seventy cent rate, right. which is pretty good rate. So okay. uh, if that does, you know, get worse, but if it stays them, at sixty three, then they make a bigger margin, bring it back up, right? Yeah, the money back. Yeah, so it's good for them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If that can hold in there, yeah. so just keep an eye on it. Is basically okay. the main All thing, right. but. Um, yeah, I just like to see, I guess, some of those risks clear up, mainly with selling their products rather than the actual quality of their products. So, yeah, yeah unfortunately, Anasonics, I'd have it as a sell at this stage. Okay, because you would you would hope Chorus would uh, the new product would leverage off the back of mm. uh, uh, the existing product already in there that yeah. they'd build a relationship with the hospital. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll just see how it turns out. All right, uh, Chris wants a view. Um, um, Josh on what have we got? Green technology metals, um, a lithium sort of uh, producer explorer in Canada, um, whose share price really has collapsed compared with other lithium producers, has it? Yeah, I think that's that's an important point. Is there's so many around. Um, you know, you've got to take your pick. Um, these ones are still in that exploring phase. Um, they're looking to be the only one sort of at that top area uh, in, in Canada. So they're aiming to be the first producer out of there. However, they've only just sort of done their, their mineral resource. Okay. Um, it's going to take a long time for them to get, you know, sort of... Uh, so so this isn't... Uh, their leases or their projects are not in that sweet area of Canada, which is already existing in Lithium. James Bay. You're well, saying it's the top end. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're, they're, I mean, it, it's it's sort of unexplored at this stage. Right. So okay. uh, whether it's worse or not, I mean, their grades are not not exceptional. Um, so from their MinRes result, uh, it was actually about one percent. A good grade is sort of in that one to one point six percent area. Uh, their inferred mineral resource, which is yet to be confirmed across across the two projects, is around that one point two. So it's still on the lower end of, of the high quality grades. Um, there are ones out there that have much better grades, and, and right. you know how many of these stocks can you have in your portfolio? It really mm -hmm. comes down to I guess what your future outlook of lithium is once every single one of these mines comes into comes into play. So, and that depends on. 
on yeah. the demand that's there, yeah. which a lot of people say it's still not enough and enough to cover that demand. But um, yeah, definitely a lot of these projects coming onto coming onto mine. So what do you you just stick with? today's producers do you? So yeah, you yep. at right. the moment. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're actually well capitalised. They, they got 20 million um, about five months ago from, from right. a large cornerstone investor. So um, I'd have it as a hold. I, I definitely mm. would prefer the producers. Um, but um, yeah, I think this, just given the price of it as well, you know, there's so many that are elevated. Uh, this one has already pulled back similar to its IPO levels. So I'd have it as a hold at these levels. Okay. Great. Spec buy for the same kind of reason. If you want to play in the lithium space, you we have a buy on Alchem or Alchem. So yep. Uh, yep. given that they're already producing, they're about to merge with, to make one of the world's biggest producers. So if you want the certainty and de-risk factor that Alchem's you go. Um, however, this one is, as Josh correctly said, it's um, got its exploration and assets in Ontario. So it's a very underdeveloped area, underexplored area. Um, they're expecting to have development from late 2024 first concentrates 2025, 2026, and then first lithium hydroxide from 2027. So if you want to get in early and play along the path of this, uh, Bell Potter sees the price target of $1.46 and it's currently a dollar less than that. So uh, at the moment we like the company. Um, they've also got the potential to have a second mining hub at the Route Bay uh, MRE side of the project. So it's a massive, they've got I think 56,000 hectares of exploration claims. So massive area to explore. Their results are, as Josh said, coming in the lower end of lithium grades, but again, there is lithium there. So while we understand that there is lithium there, they've got 21 million and no debt. It's a company, if you want to start at the exploration stage and kind of buy into the story, follow it all the way through, then it's a spec buy for that reason. Okay, all right, spec buy for green tech. Uh, metals. Our next stock, Reese wants a view grady on Orthocell, uh, back in the medical device uh, area um, around cellular therapies. Yeah, it's a spec buy at the moment, a Perth-based company. Um, we have a price target of 55 cents per share. Um, the company develops two product lines, so for tissue regeneration, uh, and that's the Cell Grow platform. And then this secondly is autologist cell therapy. So I think they're in the cell therapy, treating of diseases and damaged tissues. So they're working in an area that's kind of very, um, they're dominant in this area. There's not many players in this area. I think Ardua Biosurgery kind of works in the cell wound and um, other areas. So they're very specialized in this area. They've recently had an orthopedic surgeon join the advisory board. So it kind of says that they're going to explore down the orthopedic path as well. Um, and they've got the two of the most globally recognized nerve construction surgeons are now part of their board. And it's the collagen based Remplier product is going, they're looking to get them on the board to fast track their entry of the Remplier product into the US. So oh. having someone, having two people with experience in this uh, area and getting products into the US is really good. Um, we expect the US registration will be done by the fast track pathway in FY24. So once that's done, then the addressable market should climb from just around 1% to 10% over the next uh, 10 years. Mm. So it's a big market. Um, they're addressing it, obviously. Um, there's, yeah, so what we're seeing is that they're, they're in the right place. They've got the Remplier product already out there. They've got approvals. So yeah, expansion to the US will be key to this one. Um, but spec buy if you want to play okay. into that space at the moment. Because uh, we do um, produce a lot of companies. In we this do. Medical. Yes. And, and they actually... 
overall don't have a bad track record. They're not bad, no. Uh, what I've picked up here on the call from all of the panellists is you've just got to pick your timing when, exactly. when, you, when you get into them. Yeah, and at the moment, if you're going to get in before they get US approval, that's a really strategic time because right. once you get US approval, sales, commercialisation, you've got costs with marketing and selling the product, but the money starts coming in. But if they so don't, it's a if they a, don't, then there's a, a bit pullback of a as well. It's a risk, it? really. That's mm. why the specs on there. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's yeah. It depends which one you want to play. Yeah. All right. Have you got the guts for it, Josh? Yeah, I do. You uh, do. Love I'm it. Caveat this is saying I hadn't heard of this company before, but right. um, I really, really like them. Um, you know, they've got the, the the main revenues are coming from the Striate Plus, which is. I believe it's sort of fusing the the bone with the tooth technology, right. um, and that's working well for them. Uh, one of the, the largest sort of orthodontics company in the US paid them twenty one million upfront to be their sort of exclusive supplier. Um, so that's, so that's good. A, that's that's, that's over, a vote of confidence. Yeah, that's that? over five years of, of oh. cash burn for them. So yeah. they will not have to tap back into the market. It's a huge milestone for the business. So I think it's the perfect timing. Um, I'm surprised the share price you know, hasn't really kicked on um, from that, but it definitely has held in there. So I think it's a good time to get involved. They're doing some exciting stuff in different parts of of they're exploring into. So um, they've got stuff about sort of using um, the uh, fusing tendons and and even getting limbs that that weren't working before to to work again uh, through that stem cell uh, technology. Um, Mark Lacroix actually, you know, attributes the tendon fusion uh, about 10 years ago from these guys. So oh. they, they, they got him back on track for another eight seasons. And uh, I think he, you know, probably kicked like 600 goals in that time for West right. Coast. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it seemed... He, well, it's fun. even better for Grady now. Being a... No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I do love both teams. I can't say that because I've worked for the West Coast Eagles uh, before. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, I, I think they're, oh, I think they're really strong. So I'm happy to have these guys as Okay, and a good footy spin in grand final week exactly. as well. Exactly, yes. my audience. Well here. done. And we love a Perth-based company. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. Um, and um, uh, Reese, uh, thanks for putting it on the agenda. Yeah. Um, our viewer who set that in. Um, a lot of our panelists constantly say that uh, you guys feeding them some uh, stocks that they haven't seen before really uh, captures their attention at times. So it's great. This is one stock that certainly has. Uh, now, Isabel, um, Josh wants a view on Motio, the uh, the advertising uh, based company, marketing company. Mm-hmm. Very small company, um, sort of think around seven mil in in market cap at, at three cents a share at the moment. Um, similar to uh, their listing fees. Yeah, yeah I know. Enormous impost yeah. to them if they're either got a market cap of seven mil. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's interesting because the revenues are about six and a half mil. Right. Um, so I mean they're sort of trading on one times one times revenue. Rev. Yeah, it could be cheap. The small cap sector has been something that's been very unloved yeah. for, for a long period of time, and you know they're probably uh, a victim of the share price going down. You know to wait yeah. on that really small market cap, but um, very similar to sort of uh, Umedia. Um, they've oh, got okay. that sort of advertising, yeah. so they're, they're screens um, in, in in sort of public places, so cafes, sporting centres, gyms, all that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, I guess a very very niche company. Um, 
even if you're sort of going to go that that route, which they've got a they've got actually got a, a, a joint venture with their media, but you know if you would do want that route, we definitely prefer um, something larger in the space that right. also has a big foothold on the market. You know, even in that deal, for example, um, you know, Media probably got the better of that of that um, joint venture that they're looking to do. So right. it helps being the larger player in even in a struggling a struggling environment and yeah. advertising and, and things like that are obviously the first thing to go when crunch time comes to yeah. businesses. So yeah, not not overly ecstatic on the area at all. But if you were, I'd probably err on the the larger side. Because there's Media, Motio, Anero is yeah. the other one, is yeah. which is a whole bunch of advertising. Marketing agency. Yeah. And has been a really strong grower. So, you yeah, know, if you're after something not, you know, a little bit more growth and, and a bit smaller than new media, that would even even rank higher than than this one, unfortunately. Right, okay. So avoid this one. Grady? Yeah, it's an avoid for me as well. I, right. I had never heard of the company before the call today. Um, it's a tiny company. You, even if you want to get in, you probably can't because yeah. there's no trading of shares at all every day. So uh, you're talking, I think it's a three cent stock at the moment, um, seven million in market cap. Obviously advertising's not going anywhere and they're really growing into the fact of cafe, cafes, venues. So they've got a good business model and they're doing, they've got 400 locations after an acquisition recently um, through scale. They've got diversification in venues, health play, cafes, venues. So they're out there, they're doing things. Um, but yeah, again, there's, <laughs> not really much you can say about this company mm. when even if you want to buy and you can't so it's yeah it's is that advertising media space getting any followers at the moment because they, really. they've really been they've been, been crunched yeah and nine's down seven's down yeah well, if you want to play that space, News Corp's an News option, Corp, yeah, yeah, because yeah. you've got... News Corp has gone against a trend. It's exactly, because they've got so many brands under their belt. They've yeah. just expanded to the US Wall Street Journal, I think, is part of them now. Yeah. Uh, they've got, obviously, all the exposure through property with realestate.com yeah. or REA or whichever one's under their belt. But they've yeah. got... Diversification is key in this space, and this is too niche. So, right. yeah. And you, you do wonder whether uh, that whole sector has a bit of... A, M&A feel about it. Exactly. Well, Meta, like Meta's come out and obviously Facebook, their advertising is through the roof and LinkedIn yeah. as well. LinkedIn's not listed, but the price that you pay to li- to advertise on these platforms is phenomenal. So yeah. whether they start, whether, I don't know, the big Metas of the world start acquiring the little players like Motio, I'm not sure, mm. but it is an option because obviously they dominate the, the online space. These dominate the physical outdoor space. Yeah. It's only, mm. It only makes sense. Yeah. All right. Okay, let's uh, recap the final five stocks um, that we've cast our eye over today. Ingham's, uh, a hold from Josh, a buy from Grady. Uh, Nanosonics, uh, a sell from Josh, uh, a hold from Grady. Uh, Green Technology Metals, speculative buy from Bell, a hold from uh, Josh. Uh, Orthocell has been the surprise packet. I think of today's 10 stocks, speculative buy from uh, from Grady, and also Josh likes it as well, and Motio, a, uh, a no from both. Uh, Josh Barker from Macro, good Almost to see you, mate. Um, feeling on the market at the moment, it's sort of everyone's. Yeah, it's, it's been bid up quite a fair bit. A lot of uh, dividends coming through, DRPs yeah, with CBA, BHP. So um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, the market's uh, wanting to go higher from here, I'd say. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. So you're in the Santa Rally 
camp, but it will yeah, be October's March. usually a really strong month in the markets, despite all the black swan events that occur usually yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. October. So mm. it should be a good month. Okay. What do you reckon, Grady? Yeah, I think we're still expecting a little slight pullback. The valuations are so high right now, and like we've seen in healthcare, their growth yeah. outlook's not strong. So I just I think investors are very cautious, and as yeah. everyone's saying, we're expecting a lot of volatility heading into FY24. Yeah. So and with interest rates still confusing about what's going to happen, you have half the banks saying they're going to rise cut, hold, yeah. you just don't know what's happening. So bond, I think it's a month bond, by month. Bond markets are saying, yeah. don't be too optimistic. Exactly. And we're seeing yeah. bonds through like hit 10-year yeah. highs at the moment. So yeah. uh, uh, investors are opting for the l- less risk option at the moment. Yeah, so, absolutely. But um, we want them back in. <laughs> All right. Good to see you both. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, if you've got any stocks you'd like us to cover here on the call, go to osbears.co slash callpicks or you can list them at, uh, on Twitter at TV. And also, if you've got any questions you want to put to the, to the panel about individual stocks, we love it when you uh, attach questions to them. Um, and, uh, and that gives the panel sort of uh, a bit more direction on exactly the information you need. Uh, the Pulse is next with yours truly. I'll see you the other side of the break.